There we go live. Hello and welcome to Australian Transformers Weekly, bringing you Transformers news from around the world. This is episode 175, being recorded at a rather daylight hour on December 10th, 2018. On today's episode, we'll be talking about new images, the new images of the next Studio Series figures on the market, uh, fans' hobbies showing off a new Overlord, and with the Bumblebee film right around the corner, we're going to sort of discuss our hopes and dreams for what the movie will be and what the movie is uh, all that and more coming up after this I'm Brad. I'm back after two weeks off. So I've been lazy and I'm going to be a little bit uh, stale. No, what do you call it? Well, at this point, you can't expect me to steer the ship. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and of course, Max joining us um, for the last time this year on the new regular shows. We, um, we've, we're having issues with uh, lining up to get everyone back for one big show and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So... This is your time to say goodbye, Max, and let us know what's been happening for the year or what you've loved for the year. But what's been happening this week? Not not all that much, really. It's been a pretty quiet week. So You've, you've been right. feeding your Transformers to your dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they've just been, you know, not doing very much, to be to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you getting done, excited for my will be, for sure. You've done all your Christmas shopping? I uh, haven't started, so that's why it's well. <laughs> That's not a good. That's not and then good. I'm working like every day before Christmas, so I've maybe dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> oh, you love crowds and taking a lot of time to do stuff. I maybe no. It, it no. depends if they get, if I'm getting penalty rates or not. Oh yeah, well that's a benefit. <laughs> I suppose yeah, we're um, going to do one more show this week weekend coming up for next week, and that'll be it for the. Uh, Regular shows for you, and we might slip off the rails in over Christmas. We're going to quickly go into some bot shots now. The main competition is over, and congratulations to Kyle Kirkwood, who won the November giveaway, which was the Power of the Primes Moonracer. And next week, we'll be voting for the best of the year, which uh, 11 winners for the year. They'll all be posted up on the group on the Wednesday, and the one that gets the most likes wins. A masterpiece exhaust. So we've got that prize for the yearly winner there. So good luck to everyone. And keep an eye on the group next Wednesday for bot shots. We're going to move swiftly on and get to the news. Straight into news. Hasbro news. That will take us into some news. What news comes from Vi Yonder? We've seen photos a little while ago of Hasbro's go at um, the next Siege figures, and uh, Takara's pretty much announced all the same for their lineup, uh, all in prototype grey, of course. But we don't know after some of these figures we did or didn't talk about. Max, you were talking about Prow before. I think Prow, like Prow, was interesting because it was a, it's an entirely new mold, but a lot of people just sort of didn't care about it. Mm. So I, I'm not sure if we've talked about it or not, and if we've talked about it or not, because no one really seems all that fast, to be honest. <laughs> it, it looks like 
Like, it's not bad, but it doesn't look particularly great either. It's just, oh, it's Prowl. Yeah. I'm guessing the, oh, no, the clear clear legs are part of the windows. Yeah, it looks like he'll, you know, over, um, oh, yes, what do you call it? You know, the cabin bit of whatever sort of future car that is, you know. What should it, be its it, roof. <laughs> yeah, the roof section. It's all going to be clear plastic, so probably get uh, painted. Um, probably a lot of paint on the top there, which might divert budget from the rest of the figure. Mm. Also makes me worry about the uh, long-term stability of the knee and... Uh, ankle joints, especially seeing as the knees look to be on little detented ratchets, which you can imagine how well detents and clear plastic are going to hold up. Mm. Even so, you know, he doesn't... I also feel like he doesn't really have what you'd think of as a prow silhouette, if that makes any sense. Like, you certainly have that in the legs there, and all the parts are in the right spot, but he feels much... You know, much more broad than you usually see Prow being. Yeah. And there's like too much emphasis on him having the car chest. Whereas, I don't know. I, I guess he, he did, ha it was the case in G1, but he looked like that. But it wasn't, it was more of a forward. I don't know. I'm picking up on small things here, but like, and there's plenty of inaccuracies all, all over the place in different figures and whatever. But for some reason, this is just sticking out to me. Yeah, it almost feels like a side swipe. Oh, yeah, side swipe sort of design just a big flat chest of the car yeah like the special the chest and uh doors really just made me think jazz when i first saw it mm. well if they're gonna repaint it that's probably where they're gonna go yeah i suppose so. i mean the car mode's a whole way off but it is cybertronian well yeah they haven't um haven't been as artistic with the air quote Cybertronian modes. <laughs> no, really. The Decepticon ones, they've sort of just gone nuts with them and made yeah. like Macross references and Tetra Jets and all this crazy stuff. And the Autobots are just like, your Autobot designs are basically just, you know, what you'd expect from the 86 movie where it's like, oh, this is Earth at some point in the future. Yeah. So, yeah space it doesn't cars. look like an alien <laughs> That's right, because they are, end of the day, solid-looking figures, and the great prototypes on these definitely show off a lot of detail. Mm. And right. We talked about it with Hasbro, but the sound wave coming up looks fantastic as well. Oh, God, yeah. And it, yeah, this sound wave, like, and the shock wave as well, like, they sort of typify what, you know, we were coming to expect when this line was coming in. You know, we heard, oh, this is going to be G1 robot modes with like cyber training alt modes. And then they put out this sound wave, which looks exactly like a masterpiece. You expect it to turn it into a cassette and it turns into like this giant, you know, futuristic, you know, uh, I guess floating hanger. <laughs> but as, and as we've seen with a lot of, a lot of stuff with the, um, going from prototypes to color, just how much of this detail is going to be lost when all that blue, He's just gonna have that blue. <laughs> yeah, you think if, if you get how much is gonna to contribute to that, like obviously it's not as crisp in the actual steel molding. Like the surf the edges aren't as refined, but then yeah, you also take into account, you know, the colours are just gonna all blend together. And also just paint washes over little bits of details. So 
Yeah, it's the sort of thing where if you imagine a third party putting out this figure, you know, with a higher budgets to work with, you have this fantastically detailed looking sound wave, but the I, I don't imagine this will wind up looking that much different to the recent Prime Wars figures. Yeah. Yep. Um, like you mentioned, Shockwave is not here. Um, Chromio, we've seen all them. Yeah, and this is all some more of the mini bots. So it's also the stuff we've seen before. Just that's all right. That means we can move on. Um, studio series. We've seen some uh, photos coming out of Tokyo Toy Fair, but uh, we've got some in-hand shots as well of um, Megatron. Uh, the jet, the jet fire or jet power Optimus Prime with the uh, jet fire parts and um, Bumblebee and a couple of others. So I do. The more I see this Megatron, the do I like the the do the more I like it. But um, I'm yeah. I'm really not a fan of that corduroy type material. If you remember the first images we saw of it at like I think it was a London Comic Con where it had this. But had like a different material for the cloak cape, like a because this would be obviously you know the mock up before retail release, right? So, this is what it'll be like mm. on store shelves. And we saw the you know the prototype cloth and it looked incredible. And then we get this, and it's looks like craft paper to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's not good looking. I mean, it's a perfect you know, just like those devastator testicles, it's a perfect opportunity for a third party to step in. Yeah. And I, well, I know there's already <laughs> plenty of third parties that specialize purely in soft goods for uh, like six inch scale figures. So no reason to expect you couldn't see the same thing here. Yeah, but then you just get the scissors and make your own. Yeah, that's true you as find well. A spotlight or something, just go and get a scrap of material, find something that looks cloakish. Oh, it's just because it's got pattern on it. It's, it should be like a canvas. It shouldn't be should there shouldn't be patterns on it. Yeah, I get what you mean, actually. It was like, you know, now that you say canvas, now I'm, I'm confused because it wasn't like, it wasn't a cloak in the movie. It was, you know, a canvasy yeah, type was... material. So this is, so I think material wise, it's technically accurate, right? Because he basically had a tent as a shawl. But, yeah. it's, you know, uh, fabric has different, it behaves differently at different scales. So it's not, you know, if you had like a hard plastic cape where you get a lot of action figures and you had that at a human scale, then it'd flap around a bit. But if you have, you know, human clothing, which is all soft and whatever, but it put it down on an action figure and it's going to puff out and it's not going to hang naturally. You know, you see a lot of companies, you know, like higher end ones will have like weighted vinyl strips on the inside of figure capes in order to um, uh, make it hang in the way that appears more natural mm. uh see if it all behaves differently so this material is probably you know technically accurate to the movie but it doesn't it's by it's limited by the material itself in not being able to achieve that look yeah which is a shame because the rest of the figure looks fantastic yeah. at the end of the day he wasn't wearing a cloak for the entire movie so you just take it off yeah yeah yeah, as soon as he got to Chicago, he lost it. So um, we've got first look at Igor there as well. It's still a great little accessory. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait to yeah. pick him up. That's one of those things of the studio series is that, you know, they, 
really just sort of seemed to want to do all these little extra details that had been missing in previous releases. Mm. Yep. Um, come down Jet Fire, of course. Uh, not it wasn't a leader, was it? Uh, no, this is this is a new leader. Oh, and it is a new leader. Yep. Yeah. I face only Michael Baker's love. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a, there is a lot more de- detail there than what the original one had. And I will say that, but um, I mean, I think it's technically better looking, but it's still movie Jetfire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm aware he has his fans. I'm not one of them. <laughs> so that does look like a actually a much better combination. Than yeah, the it does look a lot cleaner. I think it's, I think having a leader and a Voyager helps because that is that's a Voyager Optimus. So you know, Jetfire isn't being spread quite as thin around the place; it just ends up being a backpack. You know, it's it is a it's like a smaller frame that that Jetfire figure has to clamp around. And so it means, especially when you get down to the legs, it really does just form an armor around the prime. Yeah. Yeah. And you haven't got the, the robot jet fire there as well. It obviously pegs off. Look at those two connectors above his shoulders. Yeah. You can definitely see this. That is not the entire jet fire figure on prime and I think, and you know, it's not like they combine in the movie. It's prime just desecrates his corpse. So yeah. it's pretty accurate to not have jet fire's head on there. So I wonder if then you can have the jet fire just as a old skeletal robot without his parts. Yeah, maybe it's a uh, it's a space like first edition Optimus deal where you can just separate the two components entirely. Yeah, yeah. Damn you, punk kids! You stole my clothes. <laughs> <stole my place. laughs> you could probably get fairly close to it, considering how much of that jet is just his back. Yeah, yep. Well, like the nose, the cockpit, all the jet parts are there. It's like. It's like your classic jet, your your silver bolt or your jet fire where you've got the plane on top and you've just got the big block of robot underneath where here the robot can just attach. And then you might have a decent-looking SR-71 on display as well without the big block under it. Yeah, well, especially considering if you got to the plane mode peak, you oh, just yeah. see his facial hair sticking out <laughs> front of the cockpit. Oh, get the scissors, give him a shave. Yeah, I mean, I was tempted to get... A jet fire figure for the SR seventy one mode, you know, go with your X Men display. But yeah, yeah, it's just so much crap under there. Even the original leader had that same sort of problem. They just never, and it's it's that age old issue with jets. But then the sound, the um, Star Scream, they seem to do it all right. So yeah, I think when they get jet figures right, they're some of the best figures ever, just at a pure engineering standpoint. But a lot of the time, there's just this lazy default of, you know, put a robot under a jet, no one's going to care. <laughs> yep. So we got some uh, Bumblebee in colour as well, which that olive drab from uh, World War Two Bumblebee. It does. I'm very like this. It's a great design, I think. But as a figure, just, you know, we're talking about, you know, form a robot and the car separately. I mean, look at that yeah. backpack. That is the shoulder car. It's just... Which is all that. Yeah, I mean, I look at the two designs and I feel like there's multiple ways in which you could have, you know, gotten it looking a lot better than that. Mm. And you look at how many parts are moving in a torso and the limbs and it's like, this does not look like a high-budget figure at all. 
No, this looks like something you'd expect from Scout class. Yeah, but then it's got some detail. You got some silver cogs on his arms and that. Like, there's some silver paint on it, but yeah. I probably, if anyone you know winds up getting a movie uh, World War Two Bumblebee, I imagine they'll go for the Toy World one. Yeah, definitely, definitely more so just for that <laughs> alt mode. Yep, horrible. <laughs> um, barricade we've sort of seen before. He's looking just like Barricade. Yeah, it's for, it's based off the MPM, which is a nice touch. Yep, and fantastic looking car. Well, there hasn't been a bad Barricade alt mode yet. Um, another Bumblebee with that probably the worst face <laughs> Bumblebee <laughs> could have. Rusted yeah. up version. They want their mileage out of that Camaro mold. Oh, yeah, yep. And we're getting another dread. Because they want the mileage out of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is this is all final. I guess with the exception of Megatron, these are all final product releases. So we should see most of these fairly soon. Mm. All right. Um, fans Hobby have debuted, debuted, have debuted their um, much anticipated and much. Uh, much in order? No, I've buggered that up as well. They're long time coming, Overlord. <laughs> um, Max, you were saying before that this is um, this has been a long time coming. Yeah, this is. I feel like this is, is as long as fans of it existed, we've been seeing images of this figure, and you know, constant just teasers of little like sections of a grey prototype, and finally, here it is in. Uh, fully coloured final production form. Mm. It does look fantastic. Yeah, it. I don't know if it's you know necessarily been worth waiting so long for, especially seeing as it's still not going to release until next year. But I, I can definitely see it taking a time that has produced an impressive figure. So it's going to be as big as the official masterpiece Star Saber, which is a big, big bot. But only, I suppose, at two hundred twenty-five dollars be US. Yeah, so I guess you know, um, high high two hundreds and ours. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. But it's I mean, still comparing that to what's happening currently with Masterpiece Optimus Prime. It's yeah, <laughs> I feel like we can't really complain about third-party prices anymore. No, like, it's just no. <laughs> for the longest time, they've come. They used to be high high-end prices, and then they've there was that switch. Where all I of a sudden you could buy you could buy third party infernos or cars and um, they're a lot cheaper than the official one. Yeah, I, I think it's a matter of you know third party companies are also getting much more competitive too. Mm. You, know, you know, being able to um, you know really expand their marketplace to what is becoming a very mainstream part of the hobby is. Uh, you know, it's really just made them almost not necessarily competitors, but on a on the same par with uh, Hasbro and Takara for some to some extent. Mm. So, Overlord, you're going to pick it up? I've got my MMC version, and I'm happy with that because that's pure IDW Overlord, which is my happy place. But uh, <laughs> this is, you know, my this is much more G1. I, you know. Build quality issues aside, you know, we don't know anything about that yet. But as a base figure, it probably looks better than MMC, to be honest. 
just you know it's a bit more a bit better proportioned uh, a bit more detailed a bit more poseable you know it's not like head and shoulders above but it seems to do everything just a little bit nicer mm. his headmaster's piloting the plane Oh, because we're going to get a shot of the plane. All right, just because you've done that, I'm moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you expect? Yeah. Uh, Moo Model um, seem to have got their hands. I'm guessing they'd have the Transformers license if this is a non-transforming item. Oh, yeah, officially licensed. There you go. Yep. Um, metal Models, um, 3D laser cut. We got one here of Soundwave coming out. And doesn't it look fantastic? That's... I mean, it's not going to really do anything, I suppose, but just as a pure display piece, that is, is it's dead on. You know, the glossy finish really comes across nicely. It's yeah. also basically just a detailed up version of the masterpiece design. I don't know why they're using... I'm guessing that artwork's from Siege. Or from the... What game come out? The... The card game. Maybe. Oh, trans I don't know. That's definitely Marcelo Matera. I think that might be from Combiner Wars, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got a sound wave there, so. But yeah, that, that's quite a different looking sound wave to one we have here. This is. Yeah. It's very much MP13. It looked fantastic with a bit of um, cell shading on it as well. And because it doesn't transform, you wouldn't have to worry about rubbing it all off at <laughs> joints. Yeah, actually, I imagine if people wanted to do, like, custom paint jobs. Mm. See, I've, I don't paint things, so I've got no idea how well paint would bind to the metal on this. Oh, yeah. But, like, you imagine it runs, it'd run you... How much is it? It doesn't really... Yeah, 60 bucks, which is a fair bit, but, you know, it's not... I suppose it's not horrendous, considering how much detail you're getting. So... You imagine you want to do a custom paint job. You could, you know, paint each piece individually, then um, assemble it together. So mm. it does lend itself to that. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely a cheaper base to uh, customize in a masterpiece version. I hit that accidentally. If <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you want to move on, there's not, not a lot to say here. All right. Um, just briefly, too, and I've only got this in the news because I'm waiting for mine. Uh, Masterpiece MP33 Beast Wars Megatron has been delayed, apparently, um, from January to March, April. So I have to wait a couple more months for the Predacon leader to get into our hands. Yeah, I mean, it is a bit unfortunate, but I suppose just... You know, just uh, consider considering the sheer price and level of engineering on this figure, if they're going to take the time to perfect it and make it as refined as possible, I feel like you'd probably want them to do that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, especially if there's issues. They get them sorted out before they hit the shelves. Because yeah, um, I imagine, you know, they'd be nearing the point where they've ha they'd have final production copies now. And so if something, you know, comes up on a production piece, then, you know, it'd have to be like, right, let's get this sorted here and now. 
as opposed to having to do a rerun down a track like it was the case with um, uh, Rodimus. Mm. I just realised he's got a toothbrush there. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Did you pre- end up pre-ordering one or you skipped it? Oh, I'm not a Beast Wars person. It's also a little bit pricey for me, I'd say. <laughs> All right. Moving I mean, on. Something that um, isn't as pricey. Um, Free A, we reported a few weeks, a few months ago that they're sort of releasing a scaled-down version of their larger statues. Um these ones, or Bumblebee here, that we're looking at, eight inches tall, but um, a little bit more articulated than the standard statue as well, with 55 points of articulation on this Bumblebee. Max, this is something you've putting money into. Yeah, I the movie masterpiece for Bumblebee really didn't do it for me. Um, it's just because it was obviously made off of a design from a film, you know, much earlier in production when it was less of a. You know, more of a prequel, less of a reboot, let's say. Um, and we we know from people who've seen the movie at this point that it is a reboot. Like, it shares elements, but this is, you know, the new Transformers series starts here. Uh, so, you know, obviously there's quite an aesthetic difference between the actual movie model and any of the figures that we've gone love it. And you know, I don't know if or when any third parties are going to put out a version of this, and I figured, well, Free A's certainly got something decent looking here. Uh, you know, I, w- I wouldn't like someone to transforms, but for the time being, I just uh, the amount of detail and articulation going on here is enough to supplant that for me. Hmm. This is a beautiful looking action figure. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not 100% on the design. I, I reckon this could be in real steel. Yeah, I, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't say transformer to me at all. It like, definitely doesn't say B, apart from the fact he's got his same head as the previous films. I, I do really enjoy this design. I think it's mostly on account of the larger distinctive shapes. Like, I know it's not, you know, it's, it's certainly not pure G1 Bumblebee, and I get how it might be a point of contention for some people. But for me, it's still recognizably Bumblebee. Um, just in terms of the overall shapes and uh, yeah, just just the um, shape and as you know, personality of the design, I suppose you could say. You know, it's much more uh, refined and blocky, so it basically just makes him a lot more distinctive as a character than the previous movie designs had. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and we sort of we commented with um, the last night how Barricade sort of moved that way as well, where you're starting to get. Yes, they might not be rec- as recognisable as actual car panels, but you've got those car panels wrapping around the legs and sort of enclosing the body more than just having the the skeleton. But um... yeah, I feel like Bumble. This movie is very much leaning into the more you know refined, blocky aesthetic that actually makes distinctive character designs. But I, yeah, I do feel like the last night was it did seem to be moving. A little bit in that direction, you know, with what we saw from, you know, especially the three main Decepticons. You know, they all are all still a bit over detailed, but Megatron, you know, he was much more, much more defined shapes than on any previous Megatron design. Hmm. Same deal with Barricade. Yep. Yep. 
So was this a pre-order or is it in store, in stock now? Uh, this is pre-order for quarter two, 2019. Oh, okay. Um, and chances are I'm going to see this movie a lot of times uh, between now and then, uh, given what we'll talk about shortly after this discussion. Hmm. So I can pretty well retain my excitement for this. I've only owned uh, one 3A piece in the past, which is their um, Gabriel Thorne from Halo. And that's quite a different style of figure to their Transformers. But I don't know from that that they have a good build quality and that that detail you see there on these figures is like it looks crisp as all hell in person. And there's a tactile feedback to it. Like it's not just this is all painted. It is, you know, little scratches and bumps and builds up of build ups of dirt and everything. That's all sculpted into the figure. So it's yeah, much more realistic than anything else you can get. Mm. Also, I've seen when I was in Malaysia, I saw a couple of their Transformers figures in person. And yeah, they look just straight off the screen. And even if this is, you know, much smaller and consequently at a lower price, I think it still retains that realism quite nicely. It also does it gives us a decent look at a lot of the design features on the new Bumblebee model. So, you know, you can see it's two different heads. Um, and the uh, arm cannon there, which is a nice little updated design. doesn't mm. look as aggressive as it did the trailer, which is good, because <laughs> it gave me a few too many Michael Bay vibes then. But it seems pretty uh, restrained here. And then also the uh, door wings as well. It seems like there's some sort of way to interchange them. So he has... You know, one silhouette where the doors are just folded away on his back and then another silhouette where they're quite visible poking out over shoulders like the older movie design. Mm. And I'm not sure, I haven't seen anything from a movie to suggest that that's going to be the case. This might just be a throwback to maybe the earlier design for the movie or just a, uh, just a callback to the older movies. But it's nice to see the options there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got a few, a few accessories there. It comes with a stand. That's good. I mean, it's for an eight-inch figure. Two hundred Australian dollars is decently pricey, but I feel like, given how much, you know, it seems to pack a lot into the box, and given the quality of this thing, I think it, it, it depending actually getting the figure in hand, it looks to be worth the price. Hmm. And I say. Uh, you, you never really got into the whole. I've. I mean, this might be only my second non-transforming figure, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got yeah, like just the Rebel Tech ones and the Sentinel Scorpionox. Like, it's not something I go for. But you look at this, and uh, it's good that you can crouch, sort of sit down, squat down like that, like you do yeah. in the film. And it's got all the LEDs in him as well for the light up eyes and what have you. And he can ground pound. Because you need all your transforms to be out of ground pound. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shows off opposability, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's looking pretty sweet. All right. Um, we'll yeah, speaking, yeah, speaking of Bumblebee. Yeah, we don't need to look at that for that because we'll go into a bit of a discussion. Um, I suppose yeah. Speaking of Bumblebee, um, this week it's out in theaters. The wait is over. Um, there's some advanced screenings going on currently. Max, you said you've you know a couple of people have seen it already. Um, 
I suppose there may be spoilers ahead. If you don't want to be spoiled on plot or anything, we'll try and keep spoiler free, but something may may come out. Um, no, it'll be like if anything spoiled, it won't be too big. But if you're yeah. really worried, just turn away. Well, you've already conceded in the bet, so Blitzwing yeah. is Blitzwing. Blitzwing is Blitzwing. I'm. I suppose I don't know how I feel about it. It just my predominant response to that is confusion. Yeah, and I hope I just... re- hope it reflects on the rest of the film not being as good as we hope. So just and we can't say, oh wow, that was a great film, but why the hell did they call Blitzwing or Starscream Blitzwing? <laughs> just... I mean, ap- apparently everything else is really, really solid. Yeah, like I have seen legitimately three people call it a bad movie so far out of just, you know, because I've been, you know, trying to keep in the loop of this thing a whole lot out of you know, probably hundreds I've seen who are absolutely praising this thing. Yeah. I mean, like that's a real, it's seven reviews off of getting a seven uh, certified fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes um, or qualifying for one at least. Uh, and it is still standing at a hundred percent. Without checking, I'm, I don't know if any of the other previous Transformers films have fresh or rotten ratings. I think, I know The Last Night and Age of Extinction, I go down, but I think Dark of the Moon, I Dark. think it was in the late 60s or early 70s, I think. Yeah, oh, they're, they're all really low. Um, oh. The lowest was the original. Oh, no, wow. sorry, The highest, sorry. Um, and then that was 58. Which is still classified as rotten. Yeah. Um, then, nineteen percent for Revenge of the Fallen, thirty-five percent for Dark of Moon, eighteen for AOE, uh, sixteen for The Last Night, and then somehow a hundred percent for Bumblebee. So, I think you know we, we've talked uh, at length about various qualities or lack thereof in the movie franchise. And, you know, we've been saying for a while, d- depending on the response to Bumblebee, we may be able to very easily identify where the issues have l- lied in this franchise. And I think it's very clear that they predominantly come from one man. <laughs> uh, and if you remove him from the picture, things actually get a fair bit better. Yes. Well, are you going to go see it this weekend? Um. I don't, I don't think Australian preview screenings were... Yeah, we didn't have any, um, you know, this Saturday and Sunday, which was annoying. Um, but our previews start this coming weekend. So the... starts oh, on the 14th. Yeah. The 14th. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the earliest screening in Adelaide is 4.30 at Marion um, on the Friday. So I'm going at 4.30 at Marion. <laughs> <laughs> I was thing. And then I'm going to go on the Thursday after as well uh, with a whole bunch of members from the club. So already confirmed to see this twice, whether I like it or not. But <laughs> chances are I'm going to like it. Yeah, I think I'm going to wait until the weekend before Christmas. I've got that weekend off, so I won't be seeing it straight away, but I'll, I'll certainly know all about it by the time I do go and see it. <laughs> um, so I but suppose, it- yeah, with all that praise, I can't really shit talk it as much as I was going to. <laughs> I mean, I will. I'm, I don't think I'll ever stop shit talking the Blitzwing thing because it's a 
it's a stupid decision, like in any in any sense. But you know, beyond that, I've heard nothing but good things about the movie. So it's, I'm it's looking. Not- I'm looking forward to be able to come out of a Transformers movie and say, "Wow, okay, I leg- like that is a movie which I can legitimately call good." And this may be a little bit of a spoiler. Did what you hear the whole Cybertron stuff? Is that just a one minute flashback? Um, I haven't looked into it too much. Like I know it's the, the general. Most bit. <laughs> no, it's not the most most important bit. I think is does it have a good like does it have a good story and believable characters? I mean, oh. actually, which I, I will say this much about the Cybertron scene. Apparently, it's not just like pure fan service. So. I was keen for that regardless because I'm like, well, you know, it's a segment of just pure Transformers. But apparently, you know, if a movie opens to that and it's, you know, all very G1, classic Transformers and all that, but it actually exists to fuel the plot and there's legitimate, you know, real emotional stakes in that section of the movie. Hmm. Like <laughs> I, I heard some people saying they are crying at the Simon John scene. And I'm not just out of nostalgia, but out of like that it was a really good scene. Nice. Um, and apparently it I've like heard some people say like it's all a bit ambiguous because I don't I don't want to like go and look at a full word for word <laughs> description of a plot, you know? So I think it might call back to Cybertron. Um I know there are definitely callbacks to the more G1 stuff throughout the film, but I, I don't know if it returns to Cybertron at any point. Mm. But I did find a uh, image of the cut ca- of the like voiced robot cast f- floating around. And this has been reported on at this point. So I can say about spoilers. So you've, we have voices uh, from uh, Optimus, obviously then RC, Ironhide, Ratchet, Wheeljack, Cliffjumper and Brawn. And Doesn't the um the one of the latest trailers or TV spots drop have Soundwave talking as well? Yeah, Which... so they also have um apparently none none of the seekers are actually named in the movie. <laughs> so they treat them basically like I guess like they were in G one, really. Which is a bit of a shame for me because I feel like sure you could probably do that, but also have a central core group of seekers that are characters, but whatever I understand, there's time limitations of in that scene. But apparently some of them speak, and also Shockwave and Soundwave both speak. Well, that'd be and, Welker doing both, wouldn't it? Uh, no, apparently, apparently, you know, Welker's a bit of a recluse. So they, um, John Bailey, who does a lot oh, of, no. like, small voice, he's good, he's good. No, I've, the thing of John Bailey is that he's an excellent voice actor, but he always sounds weird because people just get in to do impressions of other voice actors. Like he's done, so he's done a couple of different Optimus Prime voice roles. If he does his Optimus Prime, it's fantastic. If he does Peter Cullen's Optimus Prime, it sounds off. Okay. Right. So you remember, you know, a couple going a couple of years now for Combiner Wars, there was the prologue thing. So like a separate mini movie. I was like introducing Prime to the series. That was John Bailey, and that was in his take on Optimus Prime. And everyone thought that sounded pretty good. But then the series comes out, and he's very clearly being made to do a Peter Cullen impression, and it sounds terrible. 
So it's not, it's not terrible, but just stands out. It's it feels off. So what I'm hoping is that you know apparently they brought him in to do fill in work, um, so they could have him record with other voice actors and then bring in Cullen later for Prime. Um, but apparently they, you know, were trying to fill in these other roles and they're like, hey, can you do Shockwave and Soundwave and these things. <laughs> And I'm hoping that those are, you know, him doing his take on those characters as opposed to him doing an impression of those characters. I mean, with Soundwave, it won't really make a difference because it's all uh, audio edited anyway. I wonder if Paramount's thrown away Welker's business cards. Like, we got this bloke for a quarter of the price. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if that's how John Bailey gets a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, because he probably earned a bit more, but it's just like he's the default guy for doing impressions. Mm. Feels sounds like we've got a robust, voiced robot cast, which is you know really surprising to hear. That was one of the biggest scares going into it. People think, well, there's only going to be B, and the antagonist is only going to be a couple. Uh, well, told it was only going to be a smaller robot cast. But initially, it was just assumed B, and at the time, Starscream. Yeah, yeah. Just to cap, because it's going to be a lot. This isn't going to be a two hundred fifty million dollar no. movie. It's, I don't, I don't know what the budget is. It's probably under a hundred thousand. Yeah. It'd have to be. That's oh, seventy million. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess you can see where it went. You know, but like the effects. Like it's obviously less in effects than the last night was, but it is. Uh, you know, they look really crisp, at least from the trailers. Hmm. Well, the technology exists now. They've had 10 years to perfect it. Oh, yeah. Like, they need to do with it. And now, no, if, they've, if they've got less moving parts, and you'd think it'd be a lot easier to animate as well. That's a good point, actually. Like, you imagine that Bumblebee design is going to be a lot easier to animate than, you know, Movie 1 Megatron, which is, in my opinion, still one of the worst designs ever envisioned for anything ever. But... <laughs> Oh, uh, that'd be right, Max. You have that's, that's, it. Makes me hope that maybe we. A lot of my love for later Megatron, for for last night Megatron design comes from the fact that it isn't the original movie Megatron design. <laughs> it's just because it's so different. It's like good. So it's not. <laughs> such a departure from that. But I, I do. It does seem that they borrow like a few plot points from the original series. You know. It feels funny calling the 07 movie the original series, but I guess it is at that point, at this point. Um, so it's like, you know, things like Bumblebee arrives on Earth, meets a person, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm hoping that maybe we get some form of callback. Like you have like a post credit scene or something where Megatron's in Hoover Dam and it's like a G1 Megatron. Something like that well, could be. And that's with... with and that would also that. very much communicate this is a reboot. Yeah, and Cena being part of Sector 7, surely there's got to be some sort of word, name drop, something. Even if even if they have a report and it says MB, MB2, or whatever, like MB1's Megatron or 2's Bumblebee, that's what they're hunting. Yeah. Because be... it's the second Transformer they've come in contact with or something. Just something, little callbacks like that, which might may or may not be in the film. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't... Like I've had a few spoilers and that's not one of them I've heard. So yeah. it's up in the air. Yeah. But no, it, I feel like we're also really skimming over the fact of just how well received this movie has been. And like, it's like how important that is. 
But because if you think about Transformers as a franchise, you know, how much really excellent media there is out there. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, so many you know bits of cartoons and comics and all that. That's really legitimately good stuff. But the general public doesn't really care about because it's like, oh well, it's Transformers. It's just those, you know, dumb movies with toilet humor and explosions. Well, it's like now, now this is like this is the big. This is the Transformers movie for this year. This is the one that'll be on people's minds for probably the next couple of years, and it's a movie that is being respected. I wonder if it's too little, too late. Because I do, want, lot, I do want backs- about that as well. Yeah, a little big backlash from the last night, and it, it didn't do anywhere near financially what they hoped to. And I wonder if the general public knows that it's not Michael Bay that this isn't just another Transformers movie. Yes, you can definitely see I've in seen the trailers. <laughs> It's definitely not a Bay film, but a lot of people just wouldn't watch the trailers because they assume, oh, it's a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, like yeah. you know, I don't watch most movie trailers. I mean, something doesn't really interest me. I'm not going to watch a trailer for it. And if people exist on the periphery of these things, no matter how much good stuff they hear, you know, they're probably not going to be paying much attention in the first place because they just assume it's a Michael Bay Transformers movie. Yeah. And then they go in, they pay their money for tickets and go in there and are bored and end up leaving. Yeah. And <laughs> if you... It's not, it's not just an action action yeah. spectacle. And I suppose a lot of people have I've seen going like, oh, I don't care about this. It's a Michael Bay film. You know, whatever. It's Bayformers. And then, you know, a couple of negative reviews I've seen have been like, well, what's, you know, still bogged down Michael Bay and stuff. And the one, I worry that if people go in to this movie, you know, maybe they might otherwise have a good time. But they go in and watch this, and they might find themselves disliking it just through confirmation bias alone, mm. right? Because you go in assuming that you're going to dislike something, and then, you know, irrespective of how good it actually is, you know, they just go, you, you know, they'll just assume that it's a Transformers movie, so it'll be bad, and then they'll come out thinking it's shit. Yeah, yeah, you should never have the bar the bar of expectation too high. Should you Star Wars fans? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it can go either way. I I do hope for the best because it's going to fuel some toys for the next couple of years. Yeah, and imagine... hopefully, hopefully it keeps the franchise going because if this... And that's the, that's the problem. If it they could have wild expectations for half a billion or whatever, if this barely gets to 100 million for the weekend... It's going to be considered a flop. Oh, God. I don't know what happened with various studios for this couple of weeks. Like, there's so many preview screenings and stuff going around because these studios collectively shit the bed and went, oh, hold on. Maybe it would, maybe it was a bad idea to release all these movies like Aquaman, Spider Man, <laughs> Bumblebee. What is it? There's like Mary Poppins and stuff. And a couple yeah. other smaller movies as well. The last maybe couple it's of weeks of the year. Idea. Put these all on the same weekend, you know. So I might have seen Spider Verse, you know, if it was in a different week of the year. I'm not going to yeah. see it now because I'm going to go see Bumblebee. Yeah, right. And you know, don't have a lot of time to get to movies sometimes. So given a choice between the two, I'm going to see the thing that I'm really attached to. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are going to be attached to Aquaman. A lot of people are going to be attached to Spider Man. And there's probably, even though DC was kind of a mess. Like there's, there's a more 
it still has a better reputation than the previous Transformers movies. So, and the Marvel movies have generally done really well. So if you go like, right, should I see a Marvel movie, a DC movie, or a Transformers movie? Every single previous Transformers movie has a rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's like, it's like you know, general Joe public looks at that and goes, well, of course I'm not going to go see a Transformers movie. Yeah. So I think it may have been a mistake releasing it now, but it, they are doing a staggered release. So different, not just these preview screenings, but also different dates worldwide. Like I think it's releasing in January 11th for most of Europe. So that gives it a good few weeks to build up some traction in other markets and then get that extra boost there. Yeah. Also, I think the presence of China basically guarantees any big budget action movie <laughs> will make money nowadays. Like, because it just costs so little to distribute in China and there's so many people who want to see the movies. Yeah, well, that's what helped Age of Extinction in the end, just having that Chinese market. Oh God, yeah, I think Age of Extinction like, really didn't do well in a lot of Western markets, but you know, made nearly $2 billion in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes you wonder sometimes. All right. Um, we'll we'll be back to do a movie review. Um probably in the new year, depending how schedules line up. Max, for the final time, twenty nineteen, possibly. Anything new this week? Uh nothing for me this week. I'd like to send it out with a bang, but no such luck. What have, what have been a couple of your highlights of the year, oh, purpose-wise? I don't know how I was doing it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were doing another show. Oh, um, I was, I was going to turn it into New Acquisitions 2018 edition because you've already talked about the figures you've shown off. So I'll just... have to go back and look at what I've, if there's anything. That's all right. We can save it for an off-the-rails episode. When we yeah, if we want to do like a year wrap-up episode, yeah. and then we'll do that. Because yeah. I know Jason's stuff might want to talk about it as well. Yeah. Sorry, I should have come prepared. <laughs> I should add it to the run sheet. <laughs> um, all right, that's us done. Um, just a bit of TCA business quickly. Xmas donation drive is still running. We've just passed 150 ticket sales, so we've got one week left. Um, so jump on the website, jump on the group. All the details are there for that. And um, we'll be drawing it this Sunday. This Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday coming up, so... There might be a, well, there will be a live record, but I don't know if we're going to do YouTube or Facebook for that yet. So we'll see how we go with that. Um, that's it. Max, thank you for joining me tonight. Um, all of uh, what we've been talking about tonight and uh, TCCA in general can be found over at transformersweekly.podbean.com and transformerscca.com. Max, thank you. If I don't see you before Christmas, Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me. Uh, Merry Stay Christmas, safe. and hopefully you enjoy Bumblebee. Yeah, I should. Taking the young fella, so you you always see it from a kid's perspective when you're with the kids. Awesome. All Take right. it easy. Till next time. <laughs> see you guys. Bye.